Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Leave Your Shoes by the Door, and today I'm joined with Katie Malott. Thanks for being here, Katie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So, Katie, uh, you know, the podcast isn't known for uh, being controversial. Uh, you know, it's usually a, a very positive podcast, but I'm going there today, okay? okay. <laughs> Won't you come with me? Sure. Katie, you've recently became the adoptive parent of not one, but, well, one kind of puppy, right? Yes. Can, well, can, can we clarify the situation? Yes, so I already have two dogs at home. I didn't and know then that. We do, yes. We have an older dog who's 14 and then a two-and-a-half-year-old somewhat puppy. And then we recently have adopted um, two new puppies, but one of them is technically my sister-in-law. She's living with us right now. Okay. But they are both from the same litter, and they are seven weeks old, and we have four dogs under our house right now. So the uh, the new the new dogs are like brother and sister? They're brother and brother. Yep. Brother and brother? Yep. Well, that's cool. Yep. That's neat. So it was a fun little ex excursion sure. to go out and uh, each get one, but it's been fun. Why why add to the dogs? Did the, did the kids insist on it, or do you just love dogs that much? We actually, the kids had no idea. We actually surprised them. Um, but my husband had been wanting a male dog for a while, and we wanted to get one that was close to our two-and-a-half-year-old dog so that they could play because totally. our 14-year-old dog just wants to chill all day. Yeah. So, um, and then it just happened to work out that they had two left, and I was like, well, we'll either take both, or my sister-in-law's been kind of wanting one, and so now here we are. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it's safe for me to conclude that you do like dogs. I, I, yeah, I hope we you love do. dogs. Big dogs. They're all big dogs. Are they yep. big? Mm -hmm. wow. Okay, so, all right. We've established that, so now I want to ask you definitively, <laughs> why are dogs superior to cats? <laughs> well, um, I personally have never had a cat, um, and I'm sure there's great ones out there, but I just feel like dogs <laughs> have so much personality, and right. they're just always so excited to see you when you come home, and it's just that unconditional love, and they're just so playful, and um, I've just, I've always grown up with one, and uh, now our kids are growing up with four. <laughs> so you've never uh, lived with a cat, or had a roommate who had a cat, or had a good friend with a cat, you've never kind of... I've had good friends that have had cats, but never any that I've lived with. So I've always only had dogs under one roof. My dad was allergic growing up, and go. so it yeah. just kind of, that started it all. And like I said, I've had some friends who have some pretty awesome cats, from what I can tell, but I've never, <laughs> I've never really connected much with cats. I'm sure they're fine so I'm sure they're great, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel bad right now having this discussion, because there isn't a cat cat person to defend or That's promote true. the cat. It's pretty one-sided, it seems. I, I'm also not a cat person because I, I grew up allergic, so it just I just wasn't around cats. Sure. Uh, so I, but I grew up with dogs, and I love dogs. And uh, my roommate had a cat, and I, I seemed to be fine with that, the allergic, the allergies part. But yeah, like I'm like you, it's like it seemed like a fine cat. I don't yeah, know. They, don't they know. just do their own thing. <laughs> they do. They they're very much like do their own thing. They kind of have their own agenda. They don't really <laughs> they, do. they, they don't really even need you. You I mean you put food and water in? They're just like yep, whenever. Yep. Yeah. And they go to the bathroom whenever. So it's just the other you know the dogs on the other side. They just rely on you a lot more and just become pretty social most times. So, so I mean a lot of a lot you know I think the point we're we're talking though is. There really isn't a right answer to that. There is no superior creature. And yeah. I think it's. I think you and I both kind of made it clear that that's just what you and I are looking for. Because mm -hmm. I, I would rather go play and, and be active mm -hmm. with, with whatever pet is coexisting with me at the time. <laughs> and that's going to be the dog. Yep. And so I feel like that's, it's, it's kind of our personality that we like that. So I want to go into your profession. 
uh, Realtor, nine years. Is that right? Going on 10 years. This, yep. this is going to be the 10th year. Yep. Almost a decade in it. Yep, decade in. 2011 is when you came in? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like a lifetime ago, or what's it feel like when you, when you um, think about your early days? You know, it's funny because part of it doesn't feel like I've been in it that long, mm -hmm. and then another part of it can't imagine not doing it anymore because I've been doing it for so long. So it's a little of both. It's kind of like what people say with kids sometimes. The days might seem long, but the years seem short. So um, I started off part-time, so I guess I'm going into six years full-time. So I think that was kind of more where I gauge my timeline, but technically 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 10 years into it, and the reason I wanted to talk about the, the dog and cat thing is the whole personality thing. And I think a major skill that all realtors have to have is like you and I sitting at this table and say you, you've never met me before and, and I want to buy a house or sell a house. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do as a professional is you have to read my personality. Yep. Um, you, and, and honestly, if you've read me well enough, you could probably say, I can probably conclude that you're a cat guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? By the way, just, just by that personality that mm -hmm. you're a cat guy or you like this type of house or this is what your priorities are. This is what your values are, you sure. know? Um, so where does that come in? Tell, tell me about what you need to do as a realtor, as far as reading a person and reading, I don't want to say personality because it's deeper than that. You know, mm -hmm. like your home is just such a, uh. I'm trying to think of the right word. Such an essential part of your existence. Yeah. That it's more than just like, what do you like to eat? Or what, you know, what, what sporting team do you like to root for? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really part of your fabric. Yeah. It's a huge part of your lifestyle, obviously. And it's for most people, one of the biggest decisions that they make and then they are there every day. So you want it to be something that they, they like. And, um, like what you were saying with different, uh, personality types it you see personality types of all kinds there's um, it never ceases to amaze me how many uh, different feels and different wants and needs and different personalities that you come across and you just kind of have to learn and adapt and you know sometimes their personalities click really well with yours and you're just you find yourself being lifelong friends other times it's much more business-like sure. and um, I think every realtor is like that too where um, you see all across the board what works for some people doesn't work for other people and some people are very strict in business other people are very social and they look at it as more of like a relationship long-term right. um, connection that they build and um, I've seen success on both ends of, of the spectrum but it's yeah it's definitely something you have to kind of get to know your your client a little bit more kind of get a little bit of feedback from them of what they're wanting out of that relationship and um, and then just make sure that they feel comfortable. So So let me ask you something. I think you, you touched on an interesting point of the the relationship between, you know, client and realtor. It's so tough because it's it is it's personal. It is personal. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're the, the the person is vulnerable. Uh do you think that it's become more personal in your 10 years or do you think that it's become more cold? Uh, do you think it's just become more, more business? And I know that you said that it depends on the person, but mm -hmm. just broad strokes here. Do you think that the, the, the relationship between realtor and client has gotten more personal or less personal over the, the 10 years or just in, in your expert opinion? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I feel like 
Um, for me and my business, I feel that I've, I put a lot back into my, you know, my clients and building and nurturing those relationships along the way, because that's how I run my business. And that's one of the things I love the most about my business is finding these connections with people and being that like resource, even after they've closed on their house that they always know that they can go back to. And whether it be something of like, you know, do you know of a dentist in Noblesville or do you know this or do you know that? I want them to always feel comfortable to be able to come to me for everything. Um, so for and then I think with social media and everything, I guess the easy answer would be that I think it's become more personal just mm-hmm. because you have a lot more ways to connect versus just driving, seeing houses, sitting down and doing paperwork. But again, like I said, I know there's some realtors that that's not really how they run their business and they're still equally successful. But in in my business, that's kind of one of my favorite parts about it is just, you know, building and nurturing those relationships and being a good resource for them. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, you just make another great point at the end there where, and that's what's so cool. That's what's so interesting about our industry is just there's so many different paths to success. And then how you define success is also ambiguous. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're saying it could go, it can be anywhere in the spectrum, yep. but how Katie Malott does business is I, you try to make it more personal and, and, and make yourself as a reliable person and, and a person you can trust. Yeah, right? we do a lot of, um, you know, social events, client appreciation events, just to reconnect with those people, especially if they're not big on, you know, just randomly emailing or calling or anything else, but we try to you know, we send them birthday cards and home anniversary cards and just letting them know that we're thinking of them. Um, but I just, I love seeing updates on Facebook of my clients like, oh, now they have their baby or now, you know, this and that. And it's just cool. You kind of get to develop with them. And then that way, when you do reconnect and they're ready to make a move again, then you have something to talk about because you've been, you know, keeping up with them this whole time. So, so have you gotten to do uh, like a general, not, not a generational thing, but almost like a, when you first met this client? It was just them two, and then oh, they yeah. had a kid, and now we need a bigger house. Have you done one of those yet? Yeah, I yeah. think, um, like you said, being a decade in, that's when that starts to happen, sure. and it's really cool to see. You know, they, they went to buy, from buying their own first home, and they were living there by themselves or with a roommate, and then they, you know, maybe get married, and then now they're having kids, and so it's like this process and finding, you know, whatever they need to get to the next stage of their life and feel comfortable where they're at. So, but yeah, it it is fun to have those repeat clients and get to kind of progress with them through their, their life. Yeah. So I want to go back to this personality thing because I I feel like, um, I feel like you're underselling yourself here (laughs) because I, 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 and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to gang up on you, but I just feel like they're, you, to be a successful realtor for a decade, I, I feel like you've probably developed skills that you're probably not even aware of because it's just organic. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, and I, and I want you to give me some hard examples here, right? A text or an email is where the relationship begins. Contact is made. Sure. Give me an example of a motion that a client would make that speaks volumes to what you think that relationship's going to be like. Um, I, I send you a list of 20 houses. Sure. These are the houses I'm interested in. Or I send you nothing, and I say, you send me 20 houses, (laughs) right? right? You know, so where where does it all begin, and where you start building kind of your understanding of what this relationship's going to be like? Yeah, I think... I think just first developing and, and putting out there what they can expect from you as their realtor, um, I, I feel like that helps a lot um, so that they kind of know, okay, are they going to send me stuff? Do I send them stuff? Am I overstepping if I send them something that's not on my board? Or, you know, like stuff like that. So you kind of get a feel of what everyone's roles are going to be throughout that process. 
But um, what everyone's role. So who are these people? You as the realtor, and then yep, clients. Um, you know whether I have a I have a team of people. What about what, they Aunt, do. what about Aunt Janice? <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, Aunt Janice, who who tends to come to all the showings, uh-huh. and you're kind of like, okay, I can tell that this person's <laughs> going to have a pretty big impact on you know the decisions. So then you're kind of gauging what her reaction is when they're walking through the house, and you know how they value her opinion, or are they getting annoyed with her, and we have to like refocus on this is your house kind of thing. So wow. just you know gauging through all of that um but like you said i think when you first meet in person and you're um just sitting down kind of talking about their goals and expectations some people are very specific some people are all over the board so just kind of trying to uh guide them in the way that is going to make them the most comfortable throughout the process but just giving them those clear expectations ahead of time of how you're going to help with that i think usually helps kind of get both people on the in the right direction. So why why I, I uh, had that question earlier about uh, the level of intimacy between the, the realtor and client is because, and I feel like a strong argument for that it's it's gone down is because we we you know we live in the information age where I I can meet you and it's like I I know so much about the houses that I'm looking for mm-hmm. I have access to tax reports I have access to uh, you know mywar.com all sure. that all that data is right in front of me. And just as a, you know, an adult, you, you just, you, and just, and now that, now that housing is like part of pop culture with uh, HGTV and, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like a language that people speak now that I feel like it wouldn't be as, as personal because I'm not as reliable on you. I don't right. need to count on you to, to tell me information. I already have this information, right. but I, I'm trying to think of where I'm going with this. I guess what, what I'm saying is where you Okay, let's go back to that very first contact. Do you say, Andrew, I'd like to meet you for coffee, mm-hmm. and then do you ask me a few questions, or do you say, here's some listings in Noblesville? Do you do you try to gauge what my my range is, and then because then because let's be honest, if you sent me these houses and I'm like, how did she know? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm impressed. Yeah. How did she know that that would be a perfect fit for what I'm looking for? Yeah. Or do you do like an interview style and then go back? You know, I how do, do you, yeah. how do you balance that? And then you, you talk about comfort and you know, that's so important, especially, you know, I say it in new member orientation, you know, when you're John Q public, you know, buying a house is like the scariest thing in the world. Right. You, you feel like you're putting all your chips on the table. You know, yeah. it's, it's really, it's a lot. Um, how do you know maybe if you've made somebody uncomfortable and then how do you rectify that? Yeah, um, well, I think, I guess two parts to that. I The way that I, um, you were asking kind of how I initiate that conversation with them. And usually I, I'm a big person of like asking them what their goals are. So what are your goals in, in buying or selling a house? And some of them, like we talked about before, are very specific. They already know what they want. Some of them are all over the place. So then like just from little bits and pieces that I pick up from them. I'm like, okay, I'll send you some listings that I think you'd be interested in. You can tweak that search at any time. Um, It never fails. There's always going to be someone that thinks they want, you know, this laundry list of things. And then you get out and start seeing houses and then they're like, I love this one. And you're looking at the checklist, like none of these things are on here, but they got excited about it. So it's kind of just getting out there and like experiencing that with them and starting to pick up on things that they like and don't like and being able to adapt the search as needed to try to make sure we're giving them as many options as possible um, to find the right place for them to live. Or um, like I said, talking to a seller about their goals in selling a house. Some of them um, are very 
you know, it's all about the money and the bottom line and if it financially makes sense and others of them are emotionally attached to their home and you right. kind of have to gauge that too. And um, especially when you're giving them feedback and everything, because, you know, it's something that has been a big part of their life. They might've lived there for 20 years and they built the house from the ground up. And so it, it means a lot to them. So you kind of have to go through that process with them to make sure that they feel comfortable. Um, and then what was the second part of the question? So you, you, you have that, you have this well thought out plan and you're, and you're going through this process and it's going well for you. But say for instance, they just ghost you and they stop answering and you're thinking maybe I came on a little strong or <laughs> yeah. something happened here. We're, yeah. we're not communicating like we did. And then how would you rectify that? Yeah. Um, obviously I always try to, to reach out and just kind of reconnect with them if I can, if, if I don't hear back from them, that's one thing I would say has developed over the 10 years of being in it. I probably would have taken it very personal at the beginning. Right. I know I did. I would have. And like freaked out, lost sleep over it. What, what did I do? What did I say? Um, and then as I've gotten, you know, more established in the business, I realized you're not always going to, you know, please everyone. It's impossible to do that. But as long as like I made as many efforts as I could and gave them the information that they were hoping for, sometimes people just make other decisions or just decide that they're not interested in doing it, but they just don't communicate the same way that we do. And um, so I think just uh, learning that different people have different communications. I've had lots of clients where we've had a great experience throughout the whole process, but then I never hear from them when I'm inviting them to events or this or that. Sure. And I'm like, gosh, did something happen? And then out of the blue, they'll call and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, sure. we want to sell our house. So some people are just more engaged in it. And some people like that personal relationship more than others, like we said at the beginning. And some are just business. They don't really see a need to be friends necessarily with their realtor. They wouldn't maybe be friends with the, their doctor, yeah, <laughs> that sure. kind of thing. Sure. Um, so you just kind of learn the different personality types and try to just stay true to who you are and what your business looks like and then if they are happy with it then they will come back and if not maybe it just wasn't a good fit so and I can't help but you know put myself in your shoes and you said you know <laughs> something something cools off and you can say I mean you can be 10 years in it you can be I and this is just me theorizing but 10 years 20 years 30 years and you can give all those reasons but you're still like, yeah, but I really wish they'd call me back. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I, like, you can yeah. write it on a piece of paper. You can <laughs> yeah. convince yourself. But when you lay down, you're like, gosh, I wish they just Oh, yeah. Me. I wish we yeah. could just get back to it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Especially if there's no closure, right? It's just like any relationship. It's like if it is going to end, I would like there to be some kind of closure. Totally. And um, I'm fortunate enough that normally it's not in a, you know, an abrupt finish yeah. um, to where I'm like, oh, well, it's pretty obvious why they're not calling me. Um, so yeah, it definitely leaves that question out there. And you're only human. You're only human. That's just the way yep, it is. It is yeah. what it is. And, um, and I love people and I love what I do. And so, and I take it very seriously. And I also um, put a lot of pride into what I do. So of course there's going to be that, well, why, you know, why not? Why didn't they call back? But um, if you, I'm a big believer too, that um, if you dwell on the things that you can't control and the, um, the negatives, then it's hard to put all of your energy into the positives and the people who are wanting to move forward. Um, and sometimes if you move forward, who knows, maybe they will come back, like I said. Um, so just trying to put your efforts into where they're appreciated and, you know, how you do your business and then going from there. Isn't that just the secret to life is, is <laughs> controlling what you can and accepting the things that it's just, I, I, I can't 
change the way you think. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we hear all these like self-help things and I really feel like it just boils down to that. Just un like fully accepting that. Yeah. Like, and that's hard. I mean, I, I, I like a lot of realtors are, I'm a type A personality and, you know, and I, I want to be able to control as much as I can. Um, but sometimes you just have to learn to accept that not everyone is going to see or be the same way that you are. And they just might be at a different place and you just have to move on and hope for the best and just reach out when you can and like when you meet someone who doesn't like dogs. Right. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. It's like, how could you not? What, right. What's wrong with you? Why <laughs> right. don't you like dogs? It takes great. a little bit to process and, you know, re reconsider whether this is a relationship I want to move forward. No, <laughs> right. No, I'm with I don't. Things are weird between you and me. You don't like dogs? What? Exactly. So I want to ask you, uh, you mentioned goals. And I think that's another, that just shows the, the intimacy of things. Because, you know, when you're talking about just like, I know that you know, I, I know that our industry is more of a service industry, but there is the the buying and selling of things, and the word goals is, I feel is, is a very interesting term to use for it, because you know what's the goal when you when you buy jeans, you right? right? You want them to fit <laughs> and you want them to be affordable, I Look guess. Look good, yep. Yeah, but goals, gosh, when you talk about like buying a house, like goals, yeah. Um, this is my human existence, so I want the most <laughs> fulfilling existence as possible. Right. You know, like goals for my house. Perfect client, what goals would they give you that you that would really give you something to chew on that you think, okay, thanks for giving me those. Now I can really do my job the best that I can. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, just kind of what they're looking for in a house as far as as many specs and, you know, features of the home that they're interested in. So you're talking um, real substantial. Because when I think of goals, I think of uh, I want to be close to work. Yeah, I want parks I, nearby. Yep. I want safe. I want. I don't want a lot of traffic. I I got kids. I don't want them playing out in the. Right. You know, just like these like abstract things. But yep. you're getting right into the the meat and potatoes. Well, yeah, that, I mean that's part of it. And then yeah, as they talk and they you know they say that they want to be in a good school and you start hearing the different things that come out of their list and they may be physical features of the home. They may be location related. They may be you know. Um, just culture related of certain things and you have to like pick out those bits and pieces if they don't have you know super specific places and just um, kind of give them all of the options out there that they you know might fit what they're looking for and um, and go from there but yeah there's a lot of adapting and trying to kind of read through the lines with some people that don't really know what their goals are and um but yeah I like to use the term goals I just I think that part of it comes from my athletic background what sport, what sports did you play? I was a gymnast all the way through college. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Where were you? What college? University of Denver. What, what is happening? I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I should know it, but that's really cool. It's <laughs> yeah. really interesting. What, what, my daughter's in uh, gymnastics. Oh, very so nice. So I'm kind of like learning about all this. Yeah. I always watch it during the Olympics and stuff, but I'm really trying to like get into the culture and understand it. Yeah. Uh, what you did you do? All right, go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk. What'd you do? Oh what, no, you're fine. I don't, I just don't know enough about to even yeah. carry a, a decent conversation. Yeah, I did conversation. Um, competitive gymnastics my entire life. Went on a full ride scholarship to University Look of Denver. Look at you. Look at you. Um, we were top ten in the country by the time I graduated for, um, and it was it was awesome. And then I actually, when I got my master's degree, I was a graduate assistant coach at Ball State. And then coached up until I started into real estate. And that's what I also did part-time at the beginning. I know we talked about that earlier. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it was a huge part of my life. And um, my master's degree was in sports psychology. So I have talked with a lot of athletes about their goals. And I just feel like keeping, you know, 
goals in mind, both for my business and for my clients and everything else. It's just the way that I relate to it. And I think it just comes from that athletic background. Totally. So. Um, so I'm going to go, I want to talk about gym, gymnastics. That's okay. Right? Yep. That's okay with yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's totally fine. Yep. Um, so when you're, when you say you do gymnastics, like, do you just do the pummel, pummel horse um, or well, just the rings or just the floor routine or do you do all of them? Yep. Um, so for, uh, women's there's four events. So vault bars, beam and floor. Right. Um, I did all of them all the way through my sophomore year of college, had some injuries. So then I focused on, um, bars and floor were my two specialties. Clarify one major misconception about gymnastics for, for the public. Oh, um, man, there's a lot of thoughts and speculation about that sport right now. Um, recently, there's been, you know, a lot out there. Um, hmm. I would say that's a hard one. Yeah. I'll have to think about this one. Is Simone Biles the GOAT? Um, Simone Biles is most definitely the good. She really is. I mean, oh, yeah. We're not just caught up in it. She really is just that good. She is she's a freak. phenomenal. She's a freak. Yes. Yep. It doesn't she make sense that she's able to do what she does. Yes. How, how long is, is she in her career? We're going to talk about this for the remainder of the <laughs> That's okay. I'm just, I'm going to, we're going to make this last point and then I want to get back because I got some other questions, but. No, you're good. Where is she at in her career? Do you think she's peaked? And I, and I don't want to say something mean about Simone Biles yeah. in case she's listening. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome uh, if she was. <laughs> that would be so cool. Um, no, I, I don't think that she has. Good I think Lord. that she, um, she is obviously super successful and, like I said, greatest of all time. Really? I, I am blown away. Even with someone doing that sport pretty high up for a long time, some of the things that she does is mind-boggling to yeah. me. So, um, but she's still training hard, and um, I'll be anxious to see what happens In next Olympics. T Tokyo, right? Yeah. Tokyo's summer. Yeah, so that got postponed, good. obviously, because of COVID this last year. So she has another year to train. We'll see. And, and I think Tokyo's happening. Yeah. I think it's so we'll get to see her uh, this summer. Okay, all right. I'm going to talk to you. Now, now every time we see each other, I will be talking to you about that. That's so okay. I'm prepared to, no, you know. it's something that I, uh, I have talked about a long time and I love it still. So, okay. Um, all right. I want to go back to the goals. Um, when I, when, when you, when you ask what, what are your goals and it, whether it's, I want to walk in closet and I want to be, <laughs> uh, close to shopping. I want to be sure. able to get groceries. I don't want to have to go, you know, right. What are the most valuable goals to give you though? To really capture the essence of what, because, you know, and I, and I think a good point you make is, is we all have these checklists, right? And maybe the first thing I tell you is I want a walk-in closet. I sure. want a walk-in closet. <laughs> I've, since I was a kid, I dreamed of this. Yep. But then I get my checklist out and all the boxes are checked except for a walk-in closet. I got to make the decision of what do I truly value the most? Like, what do I prioritize yep. the most? So I guess my question to you is, is really what are... The, the main goals that really help you get a good idea of, yeah. of what this person treats. Because you, you, as a realtor, you probably know more of what they're looking for than they know, yeah. right? Just through your experience. Just, you, 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 this isn't your first rodeo. You know, right. you've seen it. And like you said, people will show up and go, oh, wow, I really like this. I didn't even know I liked this, but here I am. Yeah. I want this now. So yeah. is there something that even... Even John Q. Public doesn't even fully understand, you know? Is there, is there a goal that kind of tells a story far more than just that sentence? Um, 
Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I think it's just like picking up on those things um, as you have conversations with them, especially when you're out showing houses and stuff, you start to pick up on a lot during showings. It's really um, interesting to me to go out and some things that they might not have noticed or recognized when they, we were initially talking, now that they've seen three or four houses, they keep kind of coming back to that. So yeah. then I think, um, you know, once they do kind of find something that they like and just reiterating, and, and, you know, it does have the this that you're looking for and like this, and so that it makes them feel comfortable with their decision. Um, obviously, it's a big one, so, and I want to continue to nurture that relationship. So my goal is not just to get them in a house, just to get them in a house, but get them into something they like totally. so that they feel like the whole experience was positive. Um, and then you have goals for, uh, I have a lot of investor clients. Their goals are very different than someone that's looking for their own personal home, right? So yeah. they're much more like their goals are financial, financially driven. Um, so just kind of in all of my investors seem to have a different um, algorithm to what they're looking for. So just trying to um, keep that in mind and focus on it so that we're sending them the most relevant things that fit what their goals are. So, you know, you have just different avenues with within the real estate world and all of those goals might be a little bit different. Yeah. You mentioned uh, when I asked you about the 10 years and... You said, yeah, it, 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 I, you, you had that cool saying about kids where the days go by, the, the days are long, but the years are fast. And that's, mm -hmm. that's just so true. Um, and, I, and now that you've taught this, you've told me about this gym, gymnastics things, I mean, my, I'm, my mind's blown, all right? Yeah. That's, that's okay. just so interesting. That's so cool. And the full ride, good for you. Oh, are you from Indiana? You. I am. So you got, the, in Denver, I'm guessing, reached out to you and... Yeah, I was. You were that good. I was recruited by yep over thirty schools, and, and back in the day, like the recruiting process moved a little bit slower than it does now. Everything just just like the housing market, a lot everything's pretty quick, and um, you have a lot more um, upfront information just from all of the different resources that you have, like in social media and ways to connect with people and everything. But um, I was able to, you know, take my top five recruiting trips. A lot of the athletes now don't get that opportunity to really, you know, go to all of them because they have to make a decision pretty quick oh, wow. um, for the limited spots that are out there. But it was a great experience. I think it definitely shaped me as a person to kind of see the different um, different schools, different atmospheres, and find something that worked well for me. And it was a big leap going from Indiana to Denver and being far away and my husband and I were high school sweethearts so we were long distance for four years no kidding so yep it shaped a lot of who I am wow um so yeah you you mentioned uh it feels like 10 years and it, but it doesn't feel like 10 years and and I think now that you've mentioned uh just that you were not just good at gymnastics but like excellent at it <laughs> and yesterday was the Super Bowl Whatever people want to say about Tom Brady, that's fine. I think the reason we don't like him is because he, he wins on another team and not the team <laughs> we want him to win on, sure. right? And I was listening to an interview with him, and um, he said there's no such thing as perfection, just the constant pursuit of perfection. Yeah. And I feel like gymnastics is, it, you, you're, you're never going to be perfect. You can always do something a little tighter, a little better, oh, yeah. a little faster, whatever. Um, but Simone Biles is pretty darn close. She's, she's pretty outrageous. close, yeah. Um, and I feel like you probably have that mentality in, in, in real estate. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's, there's always, you could be 10 years into this and the next phone call you take, you get ghosted. You know, yeah. you say <laughs> something, even though you, you have all these tips and tricks and you're, you're good at reading personalities, mm -hmm. mm, you know, yeah. <laughs> just had it. <laughs> yeah. I'm back, oh, yeah. I'm back to day one of yep. not knowing what just happened. And I don't yeah. like this feeling. 
And so do you think you kind of have that mentality, that, that pursuit of excellence in, in gymnastics? And then, of course, you've taken so many skills and values from that and applied it to this, this new profession. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even through the progress of, um, you know, my years in this profession, um, if you would have asked me five years ago if I would have seen myself where I am now, even though I had, you know, my own goals and, like, I, I was – very driven to wanting to continue to succeed, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, so I think just like setting those goals and making them high enough to push yourself, but not so high that you can't achieve them and be, re, you know, rejuvenated when you hit them to move on to the next level. Um, I think that's been a big part of my business and my team as we've grown to um, just continue to kind of take it to the next level and keeping those in mind and pushing ourselves a little more each each year and kind of living and learning through the whole experience of what we could do better and go from there. So like I, I feel like um, one, one of the, a theme that you'd probably work on is, you know, I'm, I'm going back to this goals because it, it really is. Life is just a, a series of goals, right? Mm -hmm. um, from personal to professional and everything in between. But you're saying like your team, rather than have a goal that seems a mile away, let's set something that's 10 feet in front of us and then eventually we'll get to that mile. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to do that mile, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're just, you're, you're going to give up, right? Yeah. You're just going let, to let it consume you. Yeah. So I think it's always really important to have your short-term goals and your long-term goals and, um, you know, kind of working backwards, right? So it's like, where do I see myself in the, you know, the typical question, where do I see myself in five years? Where do I see myself in working backwards? Okay, if, if that's where I want to be, then what things do I need to do between now and then to get there? And, um, you know, having, I, I even go as far sometimes to have goals just to get through a day, right? Sure. I have a list that just keeps on growing. And I'm like, if I can just get through this, this and this, then that'll help me get to the next day and then get through this, this and this. And um, so just being able to adapt with it, not letting it consume you if you don't necessarily reach it as quickly as you want, but just living and learning and, and progressing with it and trying to keep pushing yourself and not settling. And I think the same thing in this industry with just educating yourself, you know, being involved in all of that stuff. I mean, no one knows everything and it's always evolving in this business. So um, never feeling like it's not a good time to continue learning and going to some of those small group conversations or big lectures or um, conferences and stuff like that. It's always a learning experience. And um, I think that you only stop progressing when you stop trying to learn and pushing yourself. So. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break so that we can hear from the MyBoard updates. Hello, everyone. I am Jamie Barb, and welcome to the MyBoard update. All BLC subscribers now have access to Remind Pro. Join us for a virtual webinar to learn how to use the advanced features to enhance your productivity and provide value for your clients. During this session, you'll learn how to use advanced searches, full credit reports, document uploads, e-sign platform, public record data, Remind Mobile, and more. For more information and to register, visit mybor.com slash techtrainings. Mybor technology fee invoices were sent via email on February 22nd and due Thursday, April 1st. Technology fees include access to all of the resources provided by the Mybor BLC. If you have a credit or debit card set for autopay, it was automatically charged on February 22nd. Annual charges cover the period of April 1st, 2021 through March 31st, 2022. Semi-annual charges cover the period April 1st, 2021 through September 30th, 2021. To make your payment, 
visit your MyBoard dashboard and click on the icon Pay My Bill. You can also pay by clicking on your, your unique URL link in your emailed invoice. MyBoard is focused on strengthening our communities. One way we do this is by investing in people through talent attraction and place, through quality of life and placemaking initiatives. We need your help to identify organizations throughout the region to encourage them to apply for funding if they have a project that potentially fits our approach and or identify opportunities for collaboration. Help us spread the word and make these important connections. More info at myboard.com ECDC. As part of MyBoard's increased focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, we are offering members unique educational and informative webinars to engage in meaningful conversations and provide steps we can each take to recognize and address racism, fair housing, and other discriminatory issues. Join us on Tuesday, April 13th from 2 to 3 p.m. to hear from renowned national speaker Marky Lemons Ryall, who will present Bridge the Gap Now with Intentional Inclusion. Registration will be posted on MyBoard.com closer to the event. And that's all today for your MyBoard update. And now, back to our interview with Katie Malott. Um, so you've talked about your, your, you know, where you see yourself in five years. I want to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I want to go back a decade ago. <laughs> okay. This is the part where I'd make some sort of pop culture reference to 2011, but I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. All these years have just blurred by now. I, yep. don't, I don't know what that is. I know. So take me back ten years. Um... From Indiana? Mm-hmm. Where'd you, where'd you go to school? Crawfordsville. Okay. Crawfordsville High School? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. That's I don't where know I graduated. What, okay. What's the, uh, what's the mascot there? Athenians. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. That was us. <laughs> I'll just have to Google that afterwards. I'm guessing that's like a Greek warrior or something. Yeah, like a... Our middle school was Trojans, and then oh, we yeah. were the Athenians, so, you know, yeah. Right on. Big, big high school? Um, no, not huge, but, um, we probably had, I don't know, five or 600. So. Okay. Okay. Not like a lot of the ones around here. Right. And then, um, gymnastics program in the school or did you do that privately? They did have them, but no, I did not do it through the school. Mine was through a private club. Yep. I did it at Wright's Gymnastics down in Greenwood. Okay. Yep. You drove from Crawfordsville to Greenwood? Six days a week. And it was just because you just, that, that had a very reputable. Yep. Okay, cool. Exactly, yeah. Had really strong coaching staff, a really strong program, and I knew that if I wanted to continue pursuing getting a college scholarship, that it was worth the sacrifice of driving. So, yeah, I was gone every day from 3.30 to 10. And, you, <laughs> and So, we talk about goals, mm-hmm. and, you know, you talked about the person who's, who's nuts and bolts financially driven, and then the person who's more abstract and, and all that. You were looking at a full ride to college. That could have been your goals. I, I want to not deal with student debt. I want to go to school for free. Sure. Or you could have said, my passion is gymnastics, and I just want to keep doing this in college. Yes. Where were you at? Were you aware of the full ride? I mean, it had to come on eventually, right? Um, I, I think, yes. I got to a point where I saw that that was a possibility, and um, but I was much more driven by the I wanted to continue doing gymnastics, and a big part of, I think, a big switch between – club gymnastics and then college gymnastics is that the college gymnastics is so team oriented and it just Mm -hmm. looks like so much fun um and so my my goals more so i would say if if i'm honest of than just the school itself and the finances was being a part of like that team atmosphere and being able to really enjoy all the work that i had put in from the years past and um 
yeah, just being able to compete. So okay, so you're a you're an incredible gymnast, sought after thirty schools. Come <laughs> come to our school for free. All you gotta do is gymnastics. Well, you don't have to pay for school. You're that good. That's got to be a big boost. Uh, would you uh, would you make? Okay, so I, I'm gonna ask you what you majored in. But I think what's interesting about our industry is, I kind of feel like, from the moment you begin to socialize, you're you're developing skills to eventually becoming a realtor, right? <laughs> Whether you know it or not, right. you're reading this world and you're you're interacting with things, and you have that natural ability that you're going to be able to, you know, uh, apply professionally later on in your life. So, what was your major? What did you want to do? What 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 was your passion? What what do you want to be when you grew up? Um, yeah, so yes, when I first went to school, I real estate did not cross my mind at sure. all, obviously. Um, but uh, my major was psychology with a minor in sociology and communications, mm -hmm. which um, I would argue with anyone that says I don't use my degree on a daily basis Every in day. this field. Yeah. Um, but that was not the intent. Um, I did a lot with sports psychologists growing up, just um, goal setting, uh, overcoming fears, stuff like that. So my goal at the time was that I wanted to do sports psychology for other gymnasts once I got out of school. So I got my psychology degree, and then that's why I went to get my master's for um, sports psychology. And then graduate, and then you get your master's at Ball State. Got my, so you yep. come back. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the boyfriend was so happy that yep. that, that, <laughs> that social experiment was over. <laughs> yes. At that point, we were already engaged. We got engaged my junior year of college, got married nine days after I walked in graduation. At, um, big things. Big things. Big things. Um, he was already established back here, so I knew that I'd probably come back home and um, had the opportunity to do the graduate assistantship for the coaching at Ball State. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep working towards getting that degree and being able to go through the sports psychology stuff like I had growing up. So Okay, so the string is cut. You're no longer tethered to education. You're now ready to go out into the world. What'd you do? Well, so that was around when the market crashed. So when I got my master's, so it was really hard for people who were already paying a significant amount for their kids to be in the sport of gymnastics to then start paying extra for sports psychology. So there were not a lot of jobs out there. Mm. So I decided I wasn't quite ready to be done with gymnastics and coaching. I really liked it when I was at Ball State. Um, so I took a job down in Mississippi running a program down there. How important is is the mental aspect of gymnastics. Um, very important. Right? I can only imagine. Yep. I feel like it's just you versus you constantly. Yeah. You, you mentioned the team thing, but when you're when you're on that... When the you're out there, you're by just, yourself. Yeah. literally you. I mean, you <laughs> yep. can have people cheering for you, but yep. you success and, and fail on your own terms. You, exactly. You can't blame anybody else. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You're up there and... Um, everything's on you so there's a lot of pressure that goes along with it obviously like many sports I'm sure um, gymnasts typically once they get to the higher level they have been doing it their entire life it's very unique in that way that you have to start pretty early on to sure. get the strength and flexibility and um, start learning those basic skills from an early age to be able to continue doing them later on so there's just a lot of um, and then people go through a lot of fear you know and they they need to overcome that mental block to be able to when you really sit down and think about gymnastics and the stuff you're putting your body through mm -hmm. it's easy for someone to be like whoa why am I doing this like mm -hmm. I could get hurt you know, mm -hmm. and you kind of get to that maturity mentally where you have sometimes mental blocks and you have to kind of overcome those. So that was a big thing. 
But. So you go to Mississippi, does uh, your husband Kelly, does he go with you? He does. Yeah. Yep. He went with me. He actually ended up um, being like the general manager um, and for the gym. And so he oversaw all the office stuff. And then I was the program director. So I oversaw the program for both the competitive side and the recreational side. So what happens after Mississippi? Um, so while we were in Mississippi, I we had our first kid, um, my son Brody, and um, decided it was just not the we wanted to get closer to home. Sure. We just um, it was a, it was difficult with our work schedules and being away and not having a support system down there and having a new totally. little one. And you want Brody to be near his grandparents? Absolutely. Yeah. So we um, decided pretty shortly after we had him that we would just put our house on the market and this is actually where my real estate comes in here I, it comes it's coming was... back in yeah um <laughs> so we put our house on the market just seeing hey if it sells maybe it's meant to be and then we'll give our you know our notice and it sold pretty quickly but we had a really good experience with our realtor there so then once we moved back to indiana and my husband got um a job um, I was coaching part-time for a little bit, and then I we started kind of looking at houses here, and I got in the car after we saw some houses. I was like, you know, I think I could do that. I think I would really enjoy that, and I thought for sure my husband might just be like, really? You know, question it. He's like, no, I think you would be good, and so then within like a week or two, I had signed up for real estate classes and started interviewing with different brokerages, and here I am. But 100%. I mean, if I'm Kelly and I'm looking at Katie, you, you have a coaching background, you have that psychology, you've applied that psychology to the, I mean, I feel like it would just be a natural pivot, 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you didn't see that though? You didn't? Um, I think it was just, you know, it was something that I just hadn't really thought of before sure. until we were actually in that process. And then as I'm going through, I'm like, you know, picking up on all these things. I was like, well, I, I love talking with people. I love, you know, I love this whole process and I feel like I could be good at it. And um, now, obviously, just like most people, when they look at real estate, um, there were a lot of things that I didn't know went on behind the scenes that you kind of learn and adapt with. But luckily, you know, I like most of that stuff, too. And it was something that I um, picked up as I got into the business. But, um, yeah, it it seemed like a natural fit once I it like was this light bulb moment of, hey, I could probably do this. And then when he agreed right away, I was like, hey, he thinks I could do this too. So then it just made a lot more sense. But it just wasn't on the radar before that. And you said at the beginning you went part-time? I did. So, so yeah. Describe it was, to me that situation. Um, I, I think, you know, we were just at a place where um, I wasn't sure that going full commission right, right away was where we wanted to be financially. And we were kind of um, secure in that. And I had a coaching job at the time that I – um, did really enjoy as well. So I was steady like, income. yep, steady income. So I was like, well, I'll keep that and I'll just see where this goes. And, um, the first, you know, year or two, there were lots of tears and frustrations of, you know, <laughs> putting in all this work and not seeing an instant reward back. And you see all these other people, you know, so successful, but they've been in it a lot longer. And I think the, um, the driven side of me was just like, I don't understand. Like I'm, I'm doing all these things. Like why isn't it working? And then, you know, it's slow. you just have to stay consistent with, um, with the things that you're doing and stay true to yourself. And then it slowly kind of snowballed from there. So, so the, the, the part-time thing, I mean, you're literally 
I mean, even it's even in the part time. You know, yeah. like you, if you're going to do something for your life, part time is the the. <laughs> it's a red flag, right? Yeah. You need to go all in. Oh, yeah. You got to put 100% into it. And that was definitely when I started seeing that I could, you know, I had more confidence in what I was doing and I started learning more and more about the business and I started getting more um, clients and stuff like that. Um, as soon as I decided to make the switch to full time, I never, ever looked back because sure. um, once I was able to really get myself involved with other things that's you know that's when I started going to more of the my board trainings that's when I started um, getting involved with the realtor foundation stuff like that and you start surrounding yourself with all of these other positive people with the same goals and it just took off from there and um, it was the best decision I ever made it's that team it's just yep. like when you said you went to Denver and that's and you 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 desired that team feeling that that yep. surrounding with colleagues who have a collective same goal and just even if you're talking about not real estate you kind of are because you're yeah. just you're just absorbing that right yeah and i feel like that's kind of the sim a similar kind of uh reward that you got out of that yeah and i think um i i love uh my office remax legends we have um you know about 70 agents and and some of them are just the best in the business and i've learned so much from them um our my managing brokers are phenomenal i absolutely adore them and uh, could not be here without them for sure. Um, but I think another thing that's so cool about just getting involved in the industry is that you learn so much from people that are coming from so many different backgrounds right. and so many different um, brokerages and um, you pick up on these things and I think it just opens your mind to like this whole other side of the business and you are like a sponge, you know, trying to take it all in. And um, so I love that part of our industry too. And getting involved with things like the Realtor Foundation where everyone has this same um, willingness and want to give um, back to the community and they realize the importance not just for those individuals that they're helping but for the city as a whole to make it a better place to live is ultimately going to continue to boost our industry. Totally. So it's a big, you know, big circle and so just surrounding yourself with um, people from all over has just been a huge reward um, within this business. So I was thinking while, while you're talking about when you, you go to Remax and uh, there's different people from different walks of life and different experiences and mm -hmm. different cultures, but you, you walk into that room and you have the same goal, right? Mm -hmm. And I bet you had that same experience when you walk into a Denver gymnastics yeah. and there's someone from California and the way that they did that routine from California is completely opposite to how you did it in Greenwood. <laughs> sure. But here you are together, you oh, know, yeah. and it's like, I'm yeah. sure they could learn from you and you learn from them. And yep. it just, it, they just empowered it because that diversity of perspective just provided so many different angles to doing the same thing, but just different ways of looking at it. Yep. Absolutely. And did yeah. you kind of get that, that, that vibe? Like, yeah. We had, um, you know, a team of about 15 to 16 and like everyone was from a different club, most of them from different states from all over the country, some of them from different countries. We had someone from Venezuela on our team when I was there and um, yeah, you all come together and everyone kind of came from their own unique background, but then you have one, share one common goal of um, being the best you can and lifting each other up and I feel like this industry is like that in a lot of ways too, especially with the people that are wanting to get involved and being in there and um, you might all you know come from different brokerages or you might not even be realtors you know we have a lot of affiliates that are very involved mm -hmm. and um, I've learned tons from them as well and so you come from all these different things but everyone has this common goal of um, whether it be helping with the homelessness or just 
um, creating a better space in our community for the general public or whatever the case is. Um, our goal is ultimately to make it a really desirable place to live yep. and to help everyone we can along the way. So. Yeah. What's not to love about that? I know. How, how can you not be excited for that? I know. I, I am... The Realtor Foundation, it, I keep talking about that, but it is near and dear to my heart, and it has just opened up so many um, amazing, like, doors and avenues just to, like, see all these different programs that we've worked with and organizations, and um, I... These heroes oh, who walk among us. These absolutely. nonprofits and these, these, these literal heroes who are keeping our communities up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's outrageous to... Yeah, and I'm always, you know very um in people's face in my in my office and on social media and stuff about it because I'm just like I had no idea that all of this was even happening mm-hmm. until I got involved in behind the scenes so just sharing that so other people can um you know even if it's just know where to go donate your clothes um different you know places that take those kind of things if uh, all these people that are putting in all these efforts just to um, just to help the community as a whole. It's just really uplifting and just being a small part of that is huge. And how much has it just enriched your perspective on life? Oh, 100%. Just, when you wake up, it's just you, you carry these tools with you now and these experiences and it just, it just, it, yeah. it raises the value of everything. It does. It's, it's wild. Yep. yep. And the Realtor about... Foundation just killed it in 2020, didn't they? We did. They or you, did. Didn't you? I'm sorry. No, I'm saying like we, you're, you're we, absolutely because involved. Being on the board of directors, yeah, I yeah, say yeah. we, but yeah. um, yes, I mean, everyone in our industry was just so giving and we just didn't know what to expect this year. It was such a crazy year with the pandemic and everything. And um, we know there's a lot of people that were going through some hard times, but luckily our industry stayed afloat and did very well. And they were very giving in the end to that, knowing that there's a lot of people out there that weren't that fortunate and um, we couldn't have been happier with, with how we ended up. So, and I'm, you know, I'm going to make it about me, Katie, if you can just, <laughs> that you is just totally fine. cope with me for a second. But <laughs> when that lockdown really happened, you know, when it was like, you weren't supposed to leave your house. Yeah. Um, that was weird. It was a weird mental and psychology. I mean, I'm sure the gosh, can you imagine the psychology is going to come out of this COVID? Oh, can you yeah. imagine what we're going to learn? Yes. Um, but when that day of service, not the day of service, uh, the lift others up day. Yep. That man, I don't know about you, but that was like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because we're all separated, but you're seeing these numbers, and and Gabby was doing the interviews with different people, and it's like. <sighs> people yep. are still good. We're, yeah. we're, we're, I don't know. There was something very validating to that, and it was, like, yeah. reassuring, right? Absolutely. I mean, very similar to, um, you know, the... Oh, what was the John Krasinski? Um, some good news. Some good news. Yeah, I still, yes. Yeah, oh, I yes, it, you did. Yes, and you had your I, own. But like yeah. similar to that, where it's just like you're just surrounded by all this negative energy right now. No one knew what was going on. Um, you know, there was lots of people that were sick and struggling, and like financially, we had all these concerns. And then to just um, get to see the good in people that's still out there. Like I, I just love that. I love that that he did it on a. Um, you know, on such a large scale to say like, Hey, everyone's going through a hard time, but look at like these positive things are still coming out of it and trying to kind of spin a bad situation to make the most of it, I think is huge. And I think that goes across the board with a lot of things, but this last year was definitely one of those, one of those things. Totally. So I want to go back to uh, early career, uh, part-time full-time doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but that time, and I, and I want you to really kind of give me that experience of, I'm going to be a realtor. This is going to work for me. I'm good at this. I can, I can, 
whether it, that was the, it was this experience that really gave you that final push to go all in on full mm-hmm. time. But what was that experience where you kind of worked the program, you worked what you learned, you took the, the skills and the motivation from gymnastics, just everything kind of culminated, crescendoed to this and <laughs> in, in just that aha moment of I can do this. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think it was it was definitely a struggle at first. I felt very like lost and overwhelmed and like, okay, I have my license. I have my, you know, brokerage. Now what, you know, and like, where are these people going to come from? And, um, but then starting to educate yourself and going to just even we, we do some small group conversations at our office and just starting to be a part of those and like hearing these ideas and taking notes like, Oh, that's a good idea to reach out to people, you know, like do this, do this. Um, so I think just like once I moved into where I could, you know, go to all of these different trainings and start getting ideas, then it kind of, my wheels started turning and my motivation and competitive side started taking over to where I was like, okay, I can do this. I just have to set, you know, little things at once at one at a time and then just kind of let it snowball from there. Um, so it was definitely a process for sure. And, um, but I think that once you get those, those tools and resources and you start surrounding yourself by people who are wanting you to succeed and help you through all of that and, then I feel like from there it makes it a lot easier to to so, see the big picture. So was there a time where you had a, a listing appointment and you just like killed it? Like you, you're like in your head, you're like nailed it. Yep, I knew you were gonna ask that. Perfect answer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 I was oh, saying, you want that? Here it is in my bag. <laughs> you know, like you're just like cruising, right? Sure. And then you're driving, and you get like another call from like another, and you're just like, here we go. Like yeah. it's on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean this industry is full of I mean it's a roller coaster ups and downs ups and downs right because yeah sometimes I'm just like man I'm loving this like I'm getting leads left and right like I'm out showing houses I'm on fire and then other times I'm like okay where did all the people go and then that panic starts to you know set in a little bit and you have to kind of go back to um your core things that got you to that point in the beginning that maybe you lost along the way because you were so busy and start like refocusing on that um but yeah, it, it, there's never a dull moment. I, it always keeps me on my toes, but I think that that's like, that's my personality too. I don't, I, I don't think I would be happy going every day and doing the same thing over and over and over in an office setting. That's no. just not my personality. No. So being able to like every day wake up and be like, okay, I have this, I have this, I have this, but that looks totally different than the next day. Um, I think just like helps keep it fresh and fun and um, challenging for sure. But I like a good challenge, and nothing comes easy, so I'm willing to put in the hard work. So we talked about the importance of, of uh, the mental aspect of gymnastics. How important is the mental approach in, in this industry? Um, I, it is, <laughs> I can imagine you could just get eaten alive. Yeah, well, and, you know, I, when you were saying, like, you know, you leave a listing appointment, you're all, like, jazzed up, right. and then, like, you get a call that they went with someone else, uh-huh. and then you're like, I'm, now I'm questioning why I even do this. <laughs> and, like, in a moment, <laughs> right. like, in a like, moment. Like, you have that moment, you're just like, oh, like, it's a soul sucker, right? But, right. like I said, I think that um, early on I realized that it can consume you so much, but that if you dwell on those things and like they've already happened, there's nothing you can really do, but then you kind of take away from that and um, even go back and ask them, like, I appreciate it. I respect your opinion. Is there anything I could have done differently just so that like the next time then you're prepared? Yeah. Um, So I think like living and learning along the way and just, um, yeah, just not letting the, the things that 
hurt the most, you know, take up most of your time, just be like, okay, it is what it is. It stinks. You know, you have your like five minutes of yelling into a pillow or whatever you do to relieve that stress. And then you're like deep breath in, move forward. So, and it's this, I mean, again, tying it back to the gymnastics thing, the same thing, right? You have a mistake on one event. You still have three other ones that you need to do and your team's relying on you to do those things. And so uh, you could either sit there and dwell on it and have negative energy going into your next one, or you can use it as motivation, start over, you know, fresh start, next event, moving forward. Well, and I think uh, you uh, particularly had uh, a life uh, skills that led to this industry more than you, than maybe your peer because when you talk about sports, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to be a good basketball player, I'm sure Crawfordsville High School had basketball summer programs. I'm sure they had teams. I'm sure they had coaches. It was very just socially right in front of you. Right. But gymnastics isn't. Gymnastics is Katie. You know, Malat wants to do gymnastics, so Katie Malat's got to go find gymnastics. Yeah. And you're right then and there. You you had to separate yourself from the herd, and you had to kind of. Trust your instincts, right? Like, yeah. am, I, am I doing? Am I doing this right? Yeah. Should I be driving to Greenwood? Is this worth it? Because <laughs> right. I could just go back and play soccer at Crawford's. Right. Just do that. That's easy. Yeah. So, it, and I feel like you, you kind of had to do that with with this industry as well. Like, you had to kind of. I could stay here and keep a petty or a, a steady income, and I can continue mm-hmm. this. And I'm sure a, a full coaching job would have opened up somewhere sure especially with your experience I yeah mean, oh well sure resume, i did awesome. end up i was full-time there i yeah. was just part-time real estate but oh okay okay yeah. but i'm just saying you yeah. could have you could have had that steady oh yeah it was right in front of you it was socially acceptable it was a good thing it was that was a career that you could have been proud of sure but you drove right you like i'm air quotes you drove to greenwood instead yep. you left that and you drove to real estate where you're you're, you're, you're yeah. venturing into the unknown, let's be honest. Yeah, take a big leap of faith and, um, you know, just kind of have to go with what you feel is right and just stay calm. I mean, it's ne- never, not always an easy thing. I mean, there was a lot of things I missed out on that normal high school kids got to do because right. of, I, like, I never went on a spring break ever because that was our postseason. So I was always training. Um, so, you know, you miss out on that. You don't get to go to every football game. You don't get to go to every basketball game because you're at, you know, you're training. Um, luckily, I had other girls within my um, club gymnastics that had the same goals and they were all sacrificing those same things as well. Maybe not driving from Crawfordsville to Greenwood, but still. um, And they, you know, they kind of help you stay focused on that. And those are still some of my best friends that I've had because we went through a very different, unique high school experience than most kids. Childhood. You went through a different childhood. Childhood. You did. I mean, just fundamentally different. Yep. Um, So I got to ask you, what inspired you to do that? Were your parents really supportive or, or just did you have a – and I, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of you, Katie. Because I'm trying to think <laughs> of those – You can't do that, I promise. Well, I'm trying to think of those rock star gymnasts in the 90s, like Carrie Shrug. Mm-hmm. Just that whole – remember that whole team and the, oh, yeah. the, whole, the whole world was obsessed with them. They were all yep. awesome. Dominique Mucci – is that an ice yep, skater? Yeah, Dominique Mucciano. Yes. Uh, did you have a hero that you were like, I'm going to be like her? And, or just yeah. what inspired you? What, 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 gave, what validated you to do this? Um, I love, you know, it's funny. So my, I started on gymnastics just in like, you know, little classes and stuff when I was two and a half, because my mom said that I would climb, I was an early walker. I climbed up onto like cabinets and stuff. And she was like, okay, we need to get her into something, you know, safe environment so that she could get all this energy out. And it just kind of spiraled from there, um, in a positive way. And my parents 
they're, they are some of the most amazing people ever, and I'm sure everyone thinks that about their parents, but they really are, and they were always very supportive in being able to, um, you know, make the commute with me if that was what my goal was and everything else, but they also were not the people, like, if I was upset and frustrated, they'd be like, well, what do you think? Like, you know, do you still want to keep doing it? And then I, you know, I would get mad at them and be like, of course I still want to do it. I'm just, <laughs> just venting, you know? And I mean, it's the same thing in this market, right? Totally. It's like, yeah. um, you know, you're going through a tough time and you're like, oh, like, why do I even do this? And then someone's like, oh, well, maybe you need a career change. No, I would never do a career change. It's just me venting, you know? And um, so, yes, they were super supportive. I could not have asked because they would have been supportive either way. Yeah, and right. ultimately the decision was mine. And um, I was really fortunate that they they were able to, um, you know, have a lifestyle that would allow them to commute me up until I could drive myself um, and then be able to, you know, support on all aspects all the way through. So, so I, it, it kind of sounds like what really inspires you is just surrounding yourself by, with good people, surrounding, yeah. surrounding yourself with people who want the best for you. Yeah, absolutely. And just feeding off that positive a, energy to, to succeed. I'm a big people person. I'm, um, I'm big, you know, I feed off of that social interaction. I feed off of like everyone trying to, you know, lift each other up. I think that's what was so hard about last year with the pandemic. You, you know, we talked about, um, people having to stay home and, you know, I, I had gotten involved in so many different avenues with Hamco and Realtor Foundation and different MyBoard things, IAR, um, and when you're around- Can I interrupt you? Yes. You did such a good job for the virtual seller cities. Oh, thank you. You did such a good job. Thank you. You did. So, yeah, doing stuff like that where you're, you know, you're feeding off these other people that are also trying to work together and then you're, you know, seeing your successes of having 600 people in a room or, you know, whatever the case is and um, like for the ball or whatnot and um, not having that, you know, was really challenging with me, you know, mentally because I just, I missed that. I missed that social interaction. Zoom was only, you know, so exciting and new for so long and then it was kind of like, this is great and I'm glad to see you, but like I need... I want to see other things. Like I want to have our Hamco dodgeball tournament. I want oh. to have this. I want to have that because then it, you you get to see people that maybe you haven't seen since the last event. And um, so it was hard. It was a hard uh, thing to go with go through. But yeah, I I think that um, just being surrounded by those people is the biggest um, draw and and desire for me within this industry to keep moving forward you know it inspires me to grow my business um, when I'm surrounded by my clients and my clients events and then it inspires me to continue to give back to the community when I'm surrounded by people that feel the same way so let's just keep this rolling how does Katie Malott define success 10 years into it you've, you've experienced success I mean you're, you're accomplishing amazing things but sounds sure. like you're just getting started yeah so I, what, what, how I do like you define it so um I feel like success for me is being able to look back and feel like I've positively impacted the people that I've seen and been with along the journey, whether that's, um, you know, my family, my friends, uh, my clients, my team members, you know, uh, being a team lead, I, I want to feel that they feel that they've learned a lot and progressed in their career um, working alongside of me, uh, my office mates, you know, all of that stuff at, um, I think just being able to look back and, and feel proud of, of what I've accomplished. I don't think that there's necessarily like a set number of like what I'd have to make or how many houses I'd have to sell. I mean, I obviously have those goals each year, but I think it's just an overall feel that um, I felt like 
there were there was positive change looking back and that I was a small part of that. I mean, you care, right? I do. That, that's truly what it boils what down to. What if I said you. no? Not really. <laughs> no, this is all <laughs> yeah. an act. Yeah. People can't see, but I'm scripted. No, I'm just <laughs> I go home and I just count. That's all I do. Yeah. But. No, but that's, I mean, and that's, it, 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 you know, the word care is such a simple word. It's a simple four-letter word, but that's truly what it all boils down to. And, and when you care, you have such a, a, a skin in the game. You have such, the, the stakes are immeasurable. Yeah. You Sometimes know? I feel really cheesy when I say stuff and it does maybe sound like I'm just saying what people, but I'm like. Sometimes but, it's as simple as that. But it though. is. It yeah. really is. And being fortunate enough to love what I do every day and being able to, you know, work with the people that I work with and um, still be able to be home with my kids when I need to be in my. Um, the 11 for, dogs that you. And, yeah, yeah my, my pound of dogs that I have <laughs> at my house now and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, being able to share those experiences and go on field trips with them and still be able to financially support my family and be able to surround myself with the people that I am, um, not only from like the real estate perspective, but just being involved in the community and seeing those changes and knowing that like, you know, I was on one of those task force or whatever the case is. It's just that that's the rewarding part to me is just to see like positive change for all of those people or positive experiences for those people or for the community and know that I was a small part of it. So I'm going to ask the question that I'm sure a lot of listeners are wondering. What are the puppies' names? Okay. Um, so Athenia? No. Athenia and Trojan? Uh, no. Um, our boy, well, all of our, so 14-year-old is Sadie. Um, two and a half year old is Molly, and then our new puppy is Rigby, and then um, obviously after Beatles. Oh, okay, great. Yep. Okay, yep. Eleanor Rigby, yep. sure, of course. And then um, my sister in law's, who we also have, his name is Asher. There you go. Yep. Well, Katie, thanks for being on here today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It's always fun talking to you. You honestly are like the sunshine every time that you're on the screen or any kind of conversation. I always just feel like I can start the day off great because I've heard from Andrew. Wonderful. So, <laughs> yeah, of course.